0: Hello, hello, besties. Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Two, a.k.a. Your Rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. And this week, I have a question for you. Have you ever thought, "Ugh, I'm so bad with money? I'm guessing a lot of you have. And frankly, I have, too. Early in my 20s, I was not this you know, big personal finance buff. I was just as irresponsible with my money as the worst of them. I was spending all of it on tequila and going out dresses and I hardly knew what a 401k was. But I want to establish that you are not bad with money. I want us to reframe that as you're still learning how to manage your money better. Secondly, I'm sure you're wondering, Vivian, okay, great. Like words are just words. It's semantics. I'm still not really in control of my finances. So why does it even matter what language we use? Well, it's because psychology plays a very real role in how our brains work, and also it determines a lot of the decisions we make as it pertains to our finances. And I don't know about you guys, but my very favorite class in high school was AP Psychology. While all of the other classes like math and English were all very, very basic. And sure, I can see the value. Psych was the first class where I was thinking about the things that I was learning in the classroom and realizing that I could actually apply them to my very own life. And I love that. I loved knowing why we thought the way we did and helping to essentially fight against some psychological principles so that I could be a smarter, more effective person. And today I'm going to explain the psychology behind thinking smarter and getting richer and what pitfalls to avoid in your own thinking to make sure that you make better financial decisions. I do want to tell you guys a quick story that my friend told me. And essentially, there was a Best Buy type store and their management really, really wanted them to sell TVs. And so they marked these TVs as 30% off. And these were brand spanking new, fancy TVs like 4k ultra, you know, like HD. I I don't know. I'm not I don't know anything about TVs. I'm so sorry. This is embarrassing. But they were marked 30% off. And all of these people coming into this Best Buy or this store, I don't know if it was a Best Buy, but some sort of tech store, people would walk by the displays of these 30% off high end, new to market TVs, and they would end up paying more for TVs that were smaller, had shittier displays, and all in all just were not as good. And management was so confused. And there was a sales associate who managed to sell one of these TVs. And what happened was the shopper that came in and saw this 30% off TV, looked around at all of the TVs that were there in the boxes, and then he looked at the display TV, the one that they were just modeling on the floor, and saw that on the back of the floor model there was a scratch. And so, very happily, he took home that TV. And the store associate realized that shoppers felt like this offer was essentially too good to be true. Why would the newest model, the flashiest screen, the best offering be 30% off if there wasn't something wrong with it? So in a genius move, the store associate takes out all of these brand spanking new TVs and takes like a X-Acto knife, essentially like a pocket knife, a Swiss army knife, and just slashes a little bit of the plastic on the back. Nothing consequential, nothing that would make the TV not work, but just something to show a cosmetic defect. And literally the next day, this store associate was able to sell every single one of those TVs by saying, hey, these TVs are 30% off because there's a slight scratch on the backside. And all of these shoppers are thinking, well, no one sees the backside of my TV, who cares? Of course, I'm happy to take a 30% discount on the newest, fanciest model. So I wanna tell you that story because it is really important that we focus on these psychological principles so that we don't get duped when something good is happening and we take advantage of those situations but also so that we don't get taken advantage of in predatory situations as well so let us get into four very interesting psychological principles today so first up anchoring bias so there's this pretty famous study where psychologists asked participants what percentage of African countries belong to the United Nations? And their answers varied depending on a random number that they were given and signaled before being asked the question. And the takeaway essentially was that whenever you don't know what to do or you don't know what the correct answer is, you anchor yourself to the first suggestion you're given. And this is important for you to remember because Oftentimes this can show up in situations where you may be taken advantage of and I don't want that to happen to you. For example, if you're negotiating a salary and you go into this negotiation wanting $90,000 for this job, but your interviewer throws out a much lower number as what the starting salary might be, you might subconsciously anchor to that number and counter with a lower salary than that $90,000 that you had originally wanted. Even worse, another example, is when you're paying off your credit card. An anchoring bias shows up here because a lot of credit card statements will suggest a minimum payment. Um, I'm trying to think of, the last one on mine was $25. And that amount becomes an anchor and it guides people on how much they should be paying each month. Unfortunately, a lot of people use that $25 recommendation as what they actually pay. However, to actually avoid interest, you would need to pay the entire balance off in full each month, but credit card companies obviously don't recommend you do that because they would like to make fees. So again, just to remind you, oftentimes financial tools may be purposefully deceptive, to try and make money, and you need to actually understand these psychological principles and become financially literate, so you are much less likely to fall for these traps.
1: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Up next, number two, present bias. This is essentially the psychological version of Drake's YOLO. You only live once. Essentially how this translates is present bias is just a fancy way of saying humans often tend to overvalue the present at the expense of the future. And there's certainly been incredibly, you know, vivid examples of this. For example, on TikTok, there was a trend a while back that was essentially like, I can always make the money back, but I'll never be X, Y, Z. And like, it would be like a young age doing something incredibly cool. So I think there was a video I stitched that was like, I can always make the money back, But I'll never be 20 riding around on the back of this Italian boy's motorcycle on the countryside or something like that. And I was like, hey, guys, like, you know, this is cool. You can definitely make money back. But try to also save and prepare for the future while you are having fun. You don't need to blow all of your money. And I thought it was a pretty neutral video that I had made and I got absolutely lit up. People were saying like, this girl doesn't pass the vibe check. She's so stupid. She has no idea. I will make more money in the future. And yes, that might be true, but... In many cases, it's not. Oftentimes, present bias can lead to overspending, and it's gonna make saving really, really challenging. So if you wanna have fun today, you're gonna pay for it in the future. That said, being aware of this bias can help to counteract it. So James Choi, a professor of finance at the Yale School of Management, ran a study that essentially tested this idea. He gave people money that they could deposit in two different accounts. One allowed them to withdraw the money whenever they wanted and the other, a retirement account, came with early withdrawal penalties of 10 to 20%. And in some cases with the retirement account, participants couldn't withdraw the money at all. And Dr. Choi and his team essentially found that when both accounts paid the same interest rate, people deposited more money into the retirement account. In other words, people knew that their future selves would be tempted to take the money out to spend it. So they actually chose the account that would penalize them for doing so. They wanted that money to be locked up. This is important to remember, especially as you are saving for retirement aside from the fact that they offer incredible tax benefits the 401k or 403b or whatever that your company offers as well as an ira or a roth ira that you have individually yes those are great tax advantaged retirement accounts but they also allow you to essentially counteract present bias where you are able to prevent future you from doing something stupid And today you gets to take care of you when you are old and gray and will really much need that money. Moving on, our third psychological concept is status quo bias. So you remember back in seventh grade science when we learned about homeostasis, where everything was in equilibrium and just content and chugging along and all the water and all the salt was in the right place? Well, turns out it applies to a lot of things other than just the human body or science or, a sell. Yes, I am talking about our finances. Whether or not we're happy with our current financial state changes really hard, especially if you're in debt and you feel really overwhelmed. It's certainly easier to stick your head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening versus actually addressing the problems within your budget or trying to find a higher paying job or even in a situation where you aren't financially overwhelmed and you're happy. If you have a decent life right now and you have a good career, you have to cover the basics, and you even have some money left over for a vacation and discretionary expenses like um, a dinner out and some cute clothes, you may feel resistant towards the idea of cutting back on your lifestyle to create a surplus of money to invest and save for the future because it would mean changing your current lifestyle. I think about it like those silly little basic betches memes that it's like, you know, I'd love to lose five pounds, but I like how pasta and pizza taste. Like sure, I may have a goal. However, I like how my life is currently going. I like how I'm currently living and change is very challenging. Status quo bias is really essentially just when people say getting started is the hardest However, as someone who very much has a wedding coming up, the thing about status quo bias is that even though it can make it hard to build good financial habits because we assume we're going to have to make a bunch of really significant changes in order to do so, that isn't necessarily the case. Similarly to prepping for a wedding and wanting to look my best, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to stop eating all the foods I like. However, it does mean that I need to consume my favorite foods in moderation. Instead of ordering pizza twice a week, maybe it's something that I get every other week. Instead of eating half a pie by myself, maybe I have two slices. And it's just about really focusing on making slight tweaks so that you are able to be your best self. As it pertains to your finances, you can very much start small. Things like switching from a traditional savings account to a high yield savings account. That's gonna pay you so much more from jump or calling your credit card company to ask for a credit limit increase to decrease your credit utilization and improve your credit score. Side note, I recently did this for my creator, BFF, David Sa. He's an incredible photographer. I wanna shout him out. And this man was so stressed when I did this and I told him exactly how it was gonna happen. And I asked him after I was like, why are you so stressed? And he's like, I don't even know. But for some reason, it it gave me really bad anxiety when we were doing this. But now that it's over, I feel better. So I think, again, it's very much just like you don't want to work out. But after your workout, you feel great. So just remember, it's okay to take baby steps. And another really great option is changing your direct deposit so that 90 percent of your money from your paycheck goes into your checking account and 10% automatically goes into savings. That allows you to really take the thought out of being good and responsible with your money and it creates a path of least resistance, meaning you're more likely to stick to your financial goals and make it easy on yourself to be on the financial journey you wanna be on. And last but very much not least, the bandwagon effect. So this is a psychological principle that rears its ugly head in the form of keeping up with the Joneses. And it's gotten especially bad in recent years due to social media. So like back in the day, your parents would take a pair of binoculars and peek out of their front windows and look at their neighbors, the Joneses. And the Joneses would somehow have the newest lawnmower. You could see that they had just thrown out a box uh, of a large, large, much larger than yours TV on the recycling, they had the BMW in the driveway, they, you know, had just remodeled the sunroom and you were always trying to keep up with the Joneses, your next door neighbors, because you could see their wealth However, these days keeping up with the Joneses for us, for young people in the digital landscape is keeping up with the Kardashians. You are just constantly inundated with a level of wealth that is so unfathomable and so unrealistic for the average person that it constantly feels like you are behind and everyone else is living this crazy extravagant life. And that's exactly what the bandwagon effect is. It's literally just us hopping on the bandwagon and making decisions based on what we see everyone around us doing. So when you see everyone in your neighborhood driving a Tesla, you're going to start thinking you need one too. And when you see girls on Instagram carrying a new designer bag every day, you're going to feel compelled to buy a few yourself. And when you see people going on vacation weekend after weekend, you might start to think that that's normal and that you should be doing that too. But what's really concerning to me is two things. First and foremost, back in the day with the Keeping Up with the Joneses, your parents, your grandparents were comparing themselves to one other family or one other set of people. It was their neighbors. They weren't comparing it to the entire community. They weren't comparing it to the entire town or the entire city. But now on social media, we're not seeing just our neighbors or just someone who works a similar job to us. We're seeing people of all different types of you know backgrounds, all different walks of life and all different levels of income. Sure, Kim Kardashian can get on her private jet and go take a two week trip to the Maldives, but that's just not necessarily realistic for every single person. And on top of that, it's not like you're comparing your one life to your one friend's life. You're comparing your life to every single friend that you're seeing, so maybe your one friend Friend only went on vacation once, but you see a different friend go on vacation every single weekend. So now you think you need to be on vacation every single weekend because you're comparing yourself to a group versus one other person. Furthermore, onto the second and even more concerning point, what we don't see is how many people have horrible, horrible financial secrets and insides. Because yes, you see the vacation, yes, you see the Rolex, yes, you see the new designer bag, but do you see when people have? credit card debt on Instagram, you don't. You don't see that their lavish vacation might actually be eight people staying in one room and then maxing out their credit cards to actually afford to get there. I think comparison is absolutely the thief of joy and please, please, please do not let social media trick you into thinking that a bad moment or a bad day means you have a bad life because it's impossible to constantly be comparing our regular schmegular lives to other people's highlight reels. That said, I do like to end on a happy note. On the flip side, the bandwagon effect can also be used for good. So for example, if you found out that your friends in similar financial situations were all saving for retirement, you might also, feel peer pressured and encouraged to do so as well. And that is awesome, because if you can be peer pressured into making smart decisions, that is gonna mean you and your whole crew all level up at the same time. So I think the real takeaway here is that it's really important to surround yourself with the best people possible. And as the saying goes, you are a representation of the company you keep, both in character, but also in this case, financially. And to wrap us up, Psychology plays a massive part in our financial decision-making. So the better we understand these principles around certain effects and biases, the better we'll actually be able to critically think through money mistakes and strategies. If you wanna learn more, I highly recommend giving a New York Times piece that I loved a read. It's called, When It Comes to Money, Your Brain Can Be Your Own Worst Enemy by Kristen Wong. If you understand why you think the way you do, financial companies, advertisers, and everyone in between will less likely be able to take advantage of you. And I certainly want you to feel really empowered in your own financial decision making. I hope this episode was very helpful. As always, thank you so much for listening and I will catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at BFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye!